I want to begin with uh, an, an experience I often have when I'm on my morning walks through my neighborhood. I go by, often at a time, uh, by schools, often at a time when, when kids are walking to school. Uh, uh, there's Lord Nelson, which is elementary. There's St. Francis of Assisi, which is also elementary, I think, in junior high. And then, and often the, the younger kids are, are being walked with their parents. There's a few cars through the neighborhood as well, but a lot of people just walk their kids to the school, which is really cool. Uh, you do that, don't you, Belinda? And um, so um, I love it. Uh, I see high, a lot of high schoolers too, because we live back door to Templeton Senior Secondary. Uh, they're not usually with their parents, strange. But, um, but the younger ones are. And I often hear these words. It's, it's maybe as somebody is saying goodbye to their parents as they're going into the school, or sometimes it's as they're leaving the house when one parent is giving the parent, another parent the kids to go. I hear, love you. And then what do you, what do you think responds to that? <laughs> you know what I often hear? I'm not kidding, in my neighborhood. You know what I often hear? Love you too. I hear that so much. And it really, it's really moving to me to hear that. And the reason I'm telling that story is because I was reminded, it reminded this, uh, me this week of a, a passage from a writer, one of my favorite writers, Henry Nouwen, who was a Jesuit priest. He had a brilliant mind, was a professor at Harvard and Yale, taught spirituality in these these uh, prestigious colleges. And, and he tells a story of how he would often draw a line on a blackboard. Do we, do we still have those? Does anybody know what a blackboard is? You do, okay. And does anybody know what chalk is? Yeah, so back in the day, he would draw a line on a blackboard. And you see, it's not a perfect line because when you draw by hand, it's not perfect, right? So there you see that's a little, little rough, but he would draw a line on the blackboard. And what do you think that line represented? He said, this line represents your existence, you. It represents your eternal life with God. And the arrows, uh, this way is eternity past. And the arrow to the future is your eternal future. Now, some Christians believe, and, other, and people of other faiths believe, of course, that you pre-existed and that you were sent here. And I don't know. There isn't enough evidence in Scripture to say. It's implied in some places about God knowing it. We know, get this, there has never been a time, whoops, wrong way, there has never been a time when God, think about this, there has never been a time have you ever asked your parents, when did God, who created God? Who made God? When did God begin? You ever, you ever wondered that? That so bugged me growing up. I couldn't, how can God not have a beginning? We all have a beginning. But see, if we understood that, then we'd be God. We don't. So, but we know this, that there's never been a time ever when God didn't know you and God didn't love you. You've always been loved, the beloved of God. Isn't that crazy? There's never been a time when God didn't know you and God didn't love you. 
And there's never been a time, there never will be a time when you're not known and you're not loved by God. And then what Noun would do is he would put a dot in the middle of that line. He found a red chalk. He put a dot. And what does that dot represent? Anybody guess? Huh? Now. Mark? Your life. This life. Exactly. This life is uh, your mortal short time that you and I have on this earth. 20 years, some or less, 40, 60, 80. You know what? In a very short time, we're all going to be gone. And it's important, the Bible says, to keep that in mind, to remember our temporariness. Isn't that a good word? You like that? I feel like writing a song about temporariness. But yeah, it's coming. Yeah, okay. Kim's got one already. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I like that. So there it is, your human lifeline. You guys are sharp today. And, and so in this human life, Nowen says he would tell these, these students at Harvard and Yale that God has given you this, this one life to learn that I am the beloved of God, to discover and to believe it, and secondly, to say, love you too, love you too, I love you too, yeah, isn't that amazing? So what's, what's the way that we, what's the first way we can say love you too, when we learn or hear that we're the beloved of God is we say thank you or I believe just Jesus said the way we love God is to believe that we're loved that's the first step but there's another important step not only like that's why I spend a lot of my prayer time every day just saying thank you because that helps me accept and believe the love of God when I see it through a tree or a flower or a bird and I talk to the crows on my walk and they talk back to me and the cats come and talk to me, and the dogs. I love it. And the kids, some of them recognize me from Halloween. Guess my mask didn't make much of a difference. I don't know. Um, so, so one of the most important ways that we say, I love you too, I love you too, God, is we love each other because we're in the image of God. Right? You're, every person we meet, eight billion times we sang about it, is in the image of God. And so our lesson today is about respecting. One of the ways that we love people is to give them respect and honor. Did you know that God wants to honor you? He Did you know that God respects you? Julian of Norwich said, talks about Jesus' courteous love to her. He was always so courteous. What's a person who's courteous? They've got manners. Did you know God has, God is never rude with you? Love is not rude. Love is never rude. God's never rude. God respects you. No matter what you've done, even if you've done stuff that's uncharacteristic of who you really are, God respects the real you, and he never will. When I was a little kid one time, I don't know if I should tell you this story. You may never think the same of me again, 
but I was like 11 years old and this kid made me so mad. I was so angry and I don't know what happened to me, but I just all of a sudden just spat in his face. And he was in shock. So was I. I said, what did I just do? Do you ever, does that ever, what did I just do? I was just so frustrated. And I ran off ashamed and guilty and my mom found me. And I told my mom this the other day. Thank God she doesn't remember the story. But it's, I told her this story the other day and she came up to me and you know what, you know what she did? You bad, rotten, dirty kid. Is that what she did? Did she say, Gordy, I disown you. You're not my son anymore. How could you ever do such a thing? That's not, you know, she said, Gordy. She said, that's not you. What happened? She called to the real me. And I knew that this woman still loved me. In spite of the, see, we're in God's image, but we can do bad things sometimes. But we're still loved. Sorry, I got on a tangent there, but it's, I think that was important, maybe for somebody here today. So when we think about respect, we often, who do we think of who we should, we should respect? Well, we should respect God. I think he's, you look at those mountains, I'll respect somebody that came up with that, right? And parents and those who care for us, we're taught to respect them, our teachers, our coaches, our mentors, maybe even sometimes our pastors, although they're kind of digging themselves in a whole lot these days. And, and then friends and family. But, but the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible doesn't stop with the respect line. And there, you know what else the Bible says? To respect those who get let, normally left out. That's what our story's about today. Jesus picked some people who were bypassed. They weren't chosen for Harvard or Yale. These fishermen, they smelled. And not only did they smell, but they ended up being bad fishermen too. The thing that they were supposed to be experts in, Jesus had to come along and help them out. Right? And then even those we don't get along with, our enemies, Jesus said, we're to respect them. We don't have to agree with them, but we still respect them as in the image of God. But we're not very good in our culture about doing that, are we? Anybody ever heard of social media? We're not very good at respect anymore, are we? We just kind of bleh, let all the garbage hang out in the way we treat each other and the culture wars. The heart of bullying is disrespect. And that word disrespect, it literally means, uh, in, in the, uh, they say respect is showing others that they are important by what you say and by what you do, how you treat them. And these disciples frequently got left out, didn't they? And the tax collector, you know the tax collectors? They're like the local gangster that ran the hood who used to extort business leaders and say, listen, unless you pay up, we're going to break your kneecaps, right? That was what the tax collectors were like. They were colluding with the bullies, the occupiers, the Romans. So, and Jesus picks one of them to be his disciple, and then all his buddies join for a party. I mean, who would come to a party with tax collectors? Tax collectors, that's about all. Everybody else hated them, right? And maybe other crooks and criminals, right? Romans didn't care how much they extorted. They just said, make sure we get our due and you can charge as much as you want. It was a bad deal. So they were traitors. And Jesus picked these guys to be his disciples and to hang out with them and have a party. Wow. 
That would have been interesting to have a party with those guys, eh? So, and so the story is the call of Jesus who chose these disciples. So the question, I want, and you don't need to answer, if you want, you can, but who gets, out, who gets left out in our day? Who gets bypassed? Who says you can't, you can't belong, you can't be included? Huh? Think about it. You know, every generation it's been different, hasn't it? In our story, not only does, does Jesus call people who are written off by the rabbis and experts of the day, but there was somebody else that got written off too. There was, there was another write-off going on. Our story reminds us of someone we are called to respect, but we often don't. Who is that? Ourselves. You can't show others respect if you don't respect yourself. That's why mom's words just when I was 11, 12 years old, just, they just penetrated me. Just, oh, my heart. You know, I never did that again, seriously. You talk about conviction. That was conviction. Because I, I was penetrated to know who I really was. So these guys had written themselves off. Peter said to Jesus, when, when he caught all those fish, Lord, go away. I'm a sinful man. Leave me alone. And now I can't even fish. And Jesus said, what did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. You're in. Don't be afraid. You're in. Can I say it again? I was reading in the Bible this morning. It says, when you, when you praise the Lord, praise him with singing, praise him with music, praise him with the instruments. And then it says, praise him with shouting. And I went, woo! I get to shout. Okay, now I'll settle down. But think about it. That's part of our praise package, is shouting, right? How, when's the last time you shouted? It's important. Just break, break stuff. Oops. So here's the story. Peter says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Jesus said, when he was criticized for hanging out with Levi and Matthew and Peter and all these guys, what did he say to them? He gave his mission statement. I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. I came to heal the sick. I came to forgive the sinner. I came to include those who feel like they're left out. And I got to go to Bruce Coburn last night, and he's just written another song, and it's called Orders. And he says this, the one who lets his demons win, the one we think we're smarter than, a challenge great. But as I recall, our orders said to love them all. Woo! Ooh, got goosebumps. What a song. What a song. But often we feel like we're wreckage, we're throwaways, we're garbage, like this, right? You can grab that mic there, huh? Thanks, Mark. We're moving into a time for object lessons and also getting you kind of geared up to get ready to go into small groups to share or not to share or just to listen. So my first little object lesson, this is kind of directed for the kids, but I would hope that the parents and the adults will know about this too. And, and the object lesson is to do with just the simple question. You guys ready? So the simple question is, what is this? Okay, we got a bunny. Okay, this is 
a bunny, it's pink bunny, but he learned, Luke, that bunnies can be ra red rabbits. And he learned that, that a red rabbit can be part of the Chinese zodiac. And in the year of 2023, we had the year of the rabbit. And of course, he learned this. And he's a funny bunny, but he learned that. And that's great. So here he is. And now, oh, who else do we have today? We have who is this or what is this? A duck. Okay, so he's a mallard. She's a mallard. I didn't really talk to her whether she's a female or male, but she had to learn that the swan is not an ugly duckling. Do you remember that story? Yeah. Hans Christian Andersen told that story. Do you know that story, Remy, about the ugly duckling? So this guy had to learn that swans are not ugly. They're just different. You guys remember that, don't you? Okay, so now we have, you have to look very closely because you have to identify the fact that there's a little tail here. So who's this? Pardon? A pig. So he has two other brothers. They're not here. And uh, he had to learn how to build his house out of what? Bricks, not not. Basically, it's kind of like we're taught, build our house on solid rock. In other words, I, I decided I didn't really want to live in Richmond. <laughs> the water table was too high. But anyway, this is the little pig, right? Now, I'm so grateful that none of you said my three little puppets here were just an ordinary throwaway paper plate. So you know we have this commitment to throwing away things. So we have garbage dump. So did anybody th think that this was just, you know, my little funny bunny, my piggy, and my duck were just kind of like paper plates that I should eat spaghetti on and throw it away? Did you think it was a paper plate? But it is a paper plate. So it is a repurposed paper plate. So we eat and I just pretend I just ate spaghetti. Uh, there it goes, except Wade would say, please, and Tay would say, please put it in the right recycled bin. So we have a lot of throwaway, and we're running out of room to put our garbage. But thank goodness Gordy's teaching us today, and we're teaching each other that we're not throwaways. We're not discarded. We have really amazing people in Vancouver. I think we... Can we have the next slide? Yeah, here's a guy that I just, I haven't met him yet. His name, uh, I have to check my notes because I just read this in the newspaper yesterday. He's a 75-year-old repurposed artist. And because of him, I learned a new word. It's called trashin. What's the root word? Trash, which means a synonym which is garbage. So this guy, he spends his time going up and down the alleys like me, but he's probably more intent. I just do it periodically. But he goes regularly and goes up and down the streets and the alleyways. He's a Kitsilano resident, and he's been making repurposed, recycled kind of art, and it's weatherproof. So he's been doing this, and now he's becoming quite famous. They're giving him a big show coming up. 
So his name is Jack Proctor from Kitsilano, and he sources his art creations from items discarded in alleys. Wow. Or he goes to secondhand thrift stores. So I think we have a few other examples. Here's a, an artist that takes Van Gogh creations and repurposes them from maybe people's throwaway jewelry and buttons. Isn't that beautiful? And then we have somebody else who's just totally her whole life mission is to work with people that can find plastic that's been thrown away in oceans that's killing our sea creatures. And she, as long as there's plastic, she's going to be there. And you can see that she's repurposed her throwaway plastic into what? Sea creatures. A, a kind of sea world, but I think those are kind of like jellyfish. Or you can, I don't, they're not octopuses or octopi. So isn't that amazing? That we can be repurposed and recycled. So does that remind you of of someone who could be an amazing creator, an amazing remaker that would take something like you or me and remake us into something beautiful. Isaiah 63 talks about beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, our garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, I have one other piece I want to show you quickly, and we're getting ready to move into small groups. And this is the famous, what is this? This is a can, it's empty. And I made sure I put a little bit of foil around here because it can be sharp. And if you've ever had a cut from a can, that hurts. So I've actually repurposed some cans. Normally, you go up and down the alleyway. You guys, what do you do with your cans? Recycle. And so I have repurposed. Oh my goodness. Now I've given it away, but Gordy will take care of that. Thanks, honey. This can has been repurposed. It's got tape on it, and there's a prize and a little special something inside here. Thanks very much. And so when we get into small groups, you can use the can uh, as a reminder of how God doesn't like to just throw us away. He wants to repurpose us. What is he doing in our lives? So the key cast question for us to share, besides just being able to enjoy the little prize and the little special treats that I put in there for you, particularly for the kids, because <laughs> we have some jelly beans in there, we have a little pieces of chocolate, is for you to share. I think, do we have a question that we can leave up on the overhead, yeah. hun? Now, some of you might like to share when and how has someone given you the kind of respect that made you feel important instead of feeling like you are a piece of garbage, like you're not important, like you're a throwaway, that you're a discarded? How has someone actually made a big impact, like Gordy's example for his mom? Some of you might feel like you just want to share about how you do feel marginalized, and that's okay, too. Do you want to add anything yeah, to it? So, so how has someone acted towards you, spoken to you, and made you feel valuable and important and in the image of God? And I gave the example of my mom. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something where you were, like me, do, you were necessarily doing the right thing, but the way that they came to you, what was so powerful about my mom 
is I was reminded of who I really, really was. I was reminded of who I am. And it reminds me of the prodigal son. How did, how did he start to turn his course? It says he came to himself, right? He went, what am I doing? This isn't me. I'm living outside of myself. I love what uh, Meister Eckhart says, God is always home. It's us that's left, <laughs> yeah. right? And Augustine said something similar. You were with me, but I wasn't with you, right? So how can we return home? So, so talk about that. I, I, I think the, the idea of just, and, and yeah, let's just stop for a second. Just take a deep breath in, in silence. And just ask yourself, where have I felt valued? Where have I, where have I been given respect and honor and been reminded of who I am? And then let's talk about that 